the best of times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, Architects listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today, and also thank you those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also, thank you those who might be listening via the Radio Pup application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we are all going to learn about the amazing history regarding music from performers in the Shreveport and Bossier City area. So stay Stay tuned to the show for some very interesting information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, April the 20th, and we are broadcasting our radio show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in wonderful Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the April issue, the best of times, in one of our 522 distribution locations. We thank you for the compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. If you're unable to find a copy at one of our 522 distribution locations, remember that you can visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to view and download copies of our 2019 Silver Pages, our Senior Resource Directory, as well as to listen to previously broadcast radio shows of the Best of Times Radio Hour. In addition, you can look up and view various events and activities that are happening in and around the Shreveport and Bossier City area. Speaking of the 2019 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory, it is our most popular publication, and we have already begun distribution on March the 1st. We still have some of our 25,000 copies available at our distribution location, but I will tell you there are very few locations that do have them. The only locations that I know of that has uh, copies of our Silver Pages are, is at the Cattle Council on Aging Office, as well as the Bossier Council on Aging Office. So you can also view it and download Download it from our website at absolutely no charge. Engaging Aging with Area Expert Seminars will take place in May on May 1st, 8th, May 15th, and May 22nd at St. Matthias Church of Shreveport, located at 3301 St. Matthias Drive in Shreveport, Louisiana. It will take place from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. each of these Wednesdays. And each of our Wednesday seminars, of course, the program will begin at 11. Registration begins at 10.30 a.m. Speakers will discuss the need to have legal documents, how to have that hard conversation with family members. We'll discuss the various Medicare health plan options, how to create a health care plan, how to stay informed in this informational world, and uh, learn about the various senior living options, as well as how to pay for those senior living options. There will be a question and answer period available at the end of each of these presentations. Of course, free admission, free parking, light refreshments will be served. For more information, please call 318-635-5354. Again, that's 318-635-5354. 
Remember to visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for listening to announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A Bears Town and Country at Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears Town and Country Ash Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a special guest is Mr. Winston Hall, a local musician, but also a music historian. Thank you, Winston, yes. for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Thanks you for having are, me. You are definitely a great musician. Thank you. I've, I've seen you and heard you play at many locations throughout the area, including Two Johns and yes. uh, the Green Room uh, at Chianti. Chianti. Yes. And many other places. You're a wonderful musician. Thank you. I uh, would love to go all, uh, all your history. Your history is remarkable on how you t- how you got into the musical career. They're Thank pretty, you. Pretty, pretty amazing in itself right there. So what? I, why I invited Winston to come on our show today is a few months ago he gave, and it really impressed me, about his research into music history of our area. Not throughout the world, but just in the Shreveport and Bossier City area. And I knew a little bit about that, but I did not know the great detail of, of all the, the performers and musicians and and the impact that we have had in this little neck of the woods, mm-hmm. as they would say, right? Yes. Yeah, it's really... I moved here 12 years ago. And in all honesty, I came here first for the movies. Oh, I, came I, to work, I did. I came to work in the movies... Back in 2007, that was like a, a gold rush here with all the movies. Right, it was. So, Can I, I ask, what did you do in the movies? I was a production assistant. I did Which a, is a fancy way of saying I made a, a bunch of photocopies oh, <laughs> for, the, wow. for the, the movies I've and the scripts. I've met a few of those projects. Yeah. Well, we can talk offline about that. You probably would. Yeah. I think you, I recognize you, but I was an extra in many of the movies okay. here. So well, I, that's that's in all honesty why I came to the Arklatex. I got right. a phone call from a friend, and I, and I had never been here. I had never seen this wow. area. And after I got here, I'd always done the music as a hobby. Yeah. And I was a piano player. And I started seeing all these opportunities to play the piano. Mm -hmm. Well, these things all go hand in hand because I'm playing these songs. I'm playing Hank Williams and I'm playing Elvis Presley. And then somebody says to me right early on when I moved here, well, you know know about the music history. I said, what? (laughs) Loosely. You know, you grew up in American culture. You heard of the Louisiana Hayride. Somebody said, you know, as a musician, you really want to check that out. You want to look into it. And this was 12 years ago when I started kind of just digging, just digging. And what I uncovered just absolutely blew my mind. And and that's kind of what started me on this journey towards discovering the depth of the, the history here. And so you you began, you started on it, I'm sure, gradually, then started expanding about it, right? Yeah, well, the first thing I did, which is something I encourage everybody to do in Shreveport, Bossier, and the whole Arklatex, is to start at the Shreveport Municipal Auditorium. True. That's what I call ground zero for the music history. And this is not a secret. This is a very well-known thing. Everybody knows about the Louisiana Hayride. True. But what kind of prompted me was, after touring the building, 
I, I wanted to know more. And I realized that there wasn't really a place to go other than the Internet to really learn the depth of the history. And so then began this mission. I started looking around. I said, why? What's going on here? And I got, you know, they're getting some shoulder shrugs, to be honest with you. Why? Why do you think? It was, it was everybody kind of, oh, yeah, we've got this history. But I don't think people as a whole realized the potential of honoring that history. Oh. That's what okay. I, that's the feel I got. Um, I've, and the people I've talked to and the many, many um, presentations I've made, I think a lot of people here still feel like this is local history. And if you start to explore this at all, you figure out this is American history. And it's world history. World, uh, as you mentioned in your presentation, which fascinated me, how it influenced other musicians and artists throughout the world. Yes. And I think a lot of people do not know that here in the area. They don't, and that's my mission. When I started early on, I talked to a wonderful woman named Sylvia Goodman, who has big influence in things like Shreveport. And I said, how do I begin this movement to, to... grow awareness of the music history and she said you just start talking that's right don't stop and here i am all these years later still talking and 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 i get a great joy out of it because like when i did the presentation for you i see eyes light up people said i didn't know this about our history and i and and my my thing all along has been if if you can open the eyes of people here just think about people outside of shreveport um, my, my long-running thing is, as, as being, I'm a Texan. Okay, I was born and raised in Texas, and so I came over here to Louisiana, and um, immediately I picked up on this fact that Shreveport and Bossier are always comparing themselves to other parts of the state. That's true. Always comparing themselves to New Orleans. True. And so my big thing right off the bat was, I said, "Hang on a minute, Shreveport is never going to be New Orleans." But guess what? <laughs> New Orleans will never be Shreveport. And they would say, what do you mean by that? And I said, we got to take into stock what we have that nobody else has. And what I always circle back to is the music history. That is that is exclusively ours. And honestly, a lot of cities in America wish they, that they had that. an ounce of the music history that we have. Just just a small smidge. Just a small part. Just a small smidge. Well, that's a, that's a good mission, and that's what that's what got me uh, fascinated when you get this presentation. I didn't know the impact of some of these musicians and writers and and in, in, in our area how it impacted them. Um, that they went further. I mean, from all the way yes throughout the world, not well, just in the local area. A great example. Uh, I like to start my presentations with Lead Belly Lead Better. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a huge figure in blues and folk music and rock and roll. Right. And if you look at him alone, he could be worthy of his own museum. And so when I tell people that the music that came out of Shreveport influenced the world, sometimes I get snickers. You know, they, they kind of giggle. And they they say, what are you talking, what are you about? talking about? Yeah. And I said, well, Lead Belly, let's just start with Lead Belly. He was recording songs like House of the Rising Sun. Before I, did, I didn't know that. Yes, you mentioned that. Yes. before before it, the, anybody the else was doing it. Yeah, and and you hear these recordings and you nearly fall out of your chair because you said, "Well, my gosh, he was born just outside of Shreveport. Right. He sings songs about Fannin Street. Right. A lot of his formative uh-huh. years were in the red light district off of downtown, which is now named Ledbetter Heights. Heights. So 
so how did he influence the world? Lead Belly was influencing folk artists in in Europe who influenced the Beatles. In fact, I believe there's a documentary called No Lead Belly, No Beatles. And I don't know the full details on that, but it's out there. You can Mm -hmm. Google it. He was influencing the world. The Beach Boys recorded Lead Belly. Creedence Clearwater Revival recorded Lead Belly. Johnny Cash recorded Lead Belly. It's, it's, if you dig into that alone, he's just incredible. And, and his, uh, it's like the ripples of his influence go through all of American music history and in the, around the world. So, so what do you as a musician feel that, 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 that Lead Betty, Belly, uh, music and lyrics captivated what what captivated those other musicians and writers well that's the million dollar question because i think if we all knew that we'd be writing songs (laughs) as popular as his but he was he he was one of the first folk artists to be recorded okay Mm -hmm. he uh, uh, the lomax alan lomax recorded him and we got to understand the context of history at that time there weren't a lot of recordings uh, in fact, I have read that early jazz artists didn't like the idea of having the music recorded Why because they that? thought it would lessen the value of a live performance. Oh. Right? They thought if people could pay to hear the music uh, on a record that they wouldn't come out to hear them in person. Those were the early notions of, of mm-hmm. recording. So Led Belly was one of the first to have his music proliferated because of these recordings. And I think people just liked this notion of hearing uh, folk music coming from afar. You know, I can't, this is just my opinion. But something about his lyrics and his the homespun nature of the way he spoke and sang. And, and the proof of that is that still to this day, people are recording his songs. I personally, I do, one of my favorite songs is um, Cotton Fields. When I was a little bitty baby, my mama would rock me in the cradle. Uh, Credence Clearwater Revival did it, the Beach Boys did that song. Uh, I mean, just kind of endless. And for whatever reason, all these years later, they're still catchy. They're really catchy. Yeah, that that one, I've heard you sing that one before. But again, some of us don't, and some of our our listeners out there probably wouldn't wouldn't recognize that's not, they said, oh, you know, that's an original, definitely the House of Rising Sun. I did not know that one. I think many of my listeners did not know that's not an original written by by, by the. uh, Apparently, that was a folk song that he was one of the, the first to record it. Yeah. So he can't lay claim to writing that song. But we can only wonder what would have happened if he hadn't recorded it. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's really... In fact, I encourage people... In my presentation, you saw some of this. You can get on YouTube. YouTube's really amazing. Just dig in there, and you will find versions of songs that he did. Uh, you know, Midnight Special was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just, so, just so many songs that you know. People know these songs. That they but don't they have know. no idea that it's Lead Belly. That yeah. Lead Belly was the influence of that particular song. Yeah. And so, you know, Lead Belly's life went full circle. He so died. What, what year? I, that's, I think our listeners, some of our new listeners may not know that the, the area, the, the, the era we're talking about. What year? We're talking the early 20th century. And I don't know the exact dates off the top of my head. But he, he lived about 60 years. And his recordings were done early. And then he died of um, ALS. Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, I think he was in his 60s when he died. And this is what I always come back to. is He's buried right here outside of Shreveport. And it's a testament to to his life is that people show up in droves to his gravesite out here at Shiloh Baptist Church. 
um, out towards Mooringsport. Right. It's toward the Texas line. And they've got a really nice grave there at the church with all of his um, honors and things that he's received over the years. And the neatest thing is people throw guitar picks. Oh. He was a 12-string guitar player, king of the 12-string. Which, uh, you know, that's kind of his claim to fame. Is that's a difficult, difficult guitar to play. And, and people throw their guitar picks. And so if you go out to his grave, there's guitar picks laying everywhere. And so there's a, there's a reverence, especially among blues and folk singers. There is a reverence for him. And the Lead Belly uh, Institute, I'm forgetting the exact name, but they're up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And those are relatives of his, and I've been in communication with them, and they are, they're always gung-ho about anything we can do to honor Lead Belly's heritage. He was a very colorful character. <laughs> um, he actually went to prison for a while, and, and just, it, you know, we could talk an hour about him, but he's, he's, he's the first... And first correct me if I'm wrong, even when we have tours that come to the area from other countries and even local area, they want to go visit yes. his gravesite. Yes. And, and uh, I remember they, seeing photos from people from England and Scotland yes. and Germany. There is, and this is another huge part of this discussion, is the international interest. You ask anybody at the Tourist Bureau, they get phone calls all mm-hmm. the time and emails from people in Denmark and Norway in England, and they all want to come to Shreveport. That's great. And you, people at Shreveport don't really believe that sometimes. And I say, the proof's in the pudding. You go ask them at the Tourist Bureau. They're inundated with information from a, from from Europe and beyond about coming here to see things like Lead Billy's Grave and the Municipal Auditorium. And, and, and Winston, I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to be in town when some people from Germany, there was like a hundred of them came for, yes. for, for, and that was amazing how, oh, this, this, we've always wanted, this is our, uh, one of our number one spots to come to America. And I said, first time in America and you're coming to Shreveport? Yes. I'm impressed. Yes. Well, again, what do I say? What do we have yes. that New Orleans doesn't? And, and th- this is what we have. You know, people, they, they, they seek our city from around the world. And, Look, I gave, I gave a tour at the Municipal Auditorium to a couple from England, a very dear couple. And they were here on their honeymoon. Oh, they got, wow. They're huge Elvis fans. Uh-huh. I mean, huge. They got married at Graceland. Okay. And the second stop, stop number two in the United States was Shreveport, Louisiana, to see our Municipal Auditorium. Remarkable. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Remarkable. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and AA and Habehurst Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Mr. Winston Hall, a local musician, musician, and also a music historian. And Winston has been studying for the past, for several years, and has, has developed a remarkable music history of the Shreveport and Bossier City area as well as the the influential performers, the writers, the music writers, and how it's influenced not just music in our area, but music across the world. Is that right, Winston? That's it. That's it. So 
in continuing our discussion here, what, what's, what's the next topic that you feel that our listeners might should be well, aware of? I did want to throw out, I did want to mention, there are a couple of other people, well, not a couple, there's quite a few in town who are have been studying this history a lot longer than I have. And when I showed up, they were very much guiding me. One is Chris Brown over at Centenary. He is just, I call him Encyclopedia Brown because <laughs> he's the one who introduced me to a lot of this information. Good. Um, my friend Dan Garner, Johnny yeah, Wessler. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few out there who were born and raised here. Mm-hmm. And so they're very passionate. So I don't want to steal all the glory because I, I'm just I'm just a passionate advocate. But I don't want to take credit for digging but, all this. But I will give you uh, a kudos. You have a very good presentation Thank skills. You. Thank I, you. I, I know a few of the others, but you, your presentation skills and your, Thank your you. enthusiasm when you gave your presentation was at all. And all the hundred people there, there was in attendance. Oh, thank you. I just I just love I get really, really fired up. When I give these presentations, because I want the whole world to know. That's you. So I'm sure that comes across when I'm giving them. Okay, so in continuing, let's. We, we, there's so many. Again, I will tell my listeners this presentation and his could last eight hours, but we only yeah. have like thirty something minutes <laughs> yeah. here. We, that's, that's my disclaimer every time I cram an eight hour presentation into about thirty or forty minutes. Uh, I did want to talk. A lot of people don't know about the Calanthian Temple uh, downtown. This is a fascinating building. Um, it was constructed by a woman's, an African-American woman's organization called the Court of Calanth. This would have been back in the 1920s. And up on the roof of that building, they had a jazz club Whoa. called The Roof. The Roof. The Roof. And if you see a lot of the advertisements from back in the day, uh, they would advertise things on the roof. And colloquially around town, when you said something was going on on the roof, they knew it. They all knew where it was. Um the building, a lot of people don't know there's a Texas Avenue. We've got a Texas Street and a Texas Avenue. Mm. And this building is on Texas Avenue. And you can see it from the front steps of the Municipal Auditorium. Um, the the building is surrounded in a lot of lore, history, and some legend, some of which can't <laughs> be verified. Um, but, I, you know, I do know that there's jazz club was up there. And the, there's a lot of inferences that have to be made in history. Okay. Um, there was a, of course, a great jazz musician named Jelly Roll Morton who had a song called Shreveport Stop. Yeah, and so I've mentioned that. this in my yeah. presentation. You know, you can only assume that if there was this hopping jazz place up on the roof of the Calanthian Temple. And right about that same time, one of the patriarchs of jazz wrote a song called Shreveport Stomp. You know, I can't prove this, but I'm just reaching and saying mm-hmm. it's highly likely that those things were all tied together. Tied together, yeah. yes. Again, Streetport Stomp is on YouTube. Uh, I encourage you to go listen to it. It's, just, it's that definitive, like, 20s sound, the jazz sound. It's fantastic. And of course, it's named after Streetport. A lot of people don't know that. So that in that this jazz temple there, did, did was it uh, weekly, monthly, weekends? Do we know how often was it used? Well, I know the, the bottom part of the building was professional offices. Oh. Okay, African-American doctors, lawyers, you name it. And the, only the top was where this jazz club was at. And so it was, I'm assuming, I don't know, maybe I could ask Chris Brown at okay. there. He would know. Probably a weekend thing, I'm assuming, just like most most live music back in, in the day. It was. Uh, so did it have libations up there? Was it a bar or was it just dancing and... and, and that I don't know. That, that I really don't. I, I'm, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact dates of Prohibition, but they probably coincided with that at some point. Um, okay. But it definitely dancing. We know there was a lot of dancing up there. I heard a story 
about them, uh, the owners finding jewelry when they cleaned up there. Oh. And the only thing they could guess was that people had danced That's so much that their jewelry, <laughs> the, jewelry the, fell off. The roaring 20s was definitely yeah. roaring and moving about. Well, and, and people people ask, why is the Clanthian important? Mm-hmm. You know, here's why. We live in a time where everything's divisive. You know, the politics and just everything's divided. And I think one thing we could point to as a city that encompasses everybody, all aspects of music, is the different types of music. Mm-hmm. We've covered the folk and the blues with Lead Belly. We had jazz with the Calanthian Temple. And then, of course, later with the Hayride, we had country music. Right. So so our our music history is diverse and inclusive, and that's one of my favorite parts about it. Uh, it's something that everybody can get behind. That's true. That's true. So I, I don't remember. What was the Old Blue Goose? What was that? I can't remember. Well, the Old Blue Goose, if you, if you know your Shreveport geography downtown, uh, it, it was across the railroad tracks from the Calanthian Temple over on Texas Avenue. And you say, well, where's that? I don't know. Well, almost everybody in Shreveport is driven by Old Blue Goose. Because if you exit on Common Street, if you mm-hmm. go right at Line Avenue, if you go left, north, on Common Street into downtown, right. you will go over a bridge. Right. And below that bridge was the old train station, mm-hmm. the old Union train station. At the far end of that was this area called Old Blue Goose, which was a, a, a old grocery store. And in the back was this old, just blues setting, if you can imagine. All the blues guitarists. So what I love about Old Blue Goose is because it was next to the railroad station, it became this kind of hub for itinerant blues musicians. Dan Garner is the expert on Old Blue Goose. <laughs> I am not the expert, but he has talked about the way the traveling musicians could hop off the train in Shreveport. Okay. Blind Lemon Jefferson, Jesse Thomas, all these guys. In fact, Jesse Thomas has a song called the, the Old Blue Goose Blues. I'm going down to Old Blue Goose. So it was a very uh, well-known, at the time, it was a very well-known blues stop. And it kind of conjures up all these great images of the old blues musicians mm-hmm. hopping off the train and going over to Blue Goose and playing a little blues. And then jumping back on the train and going elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I've heard stories, and, and I, I don't like to share rumors, okay, because it, it doesn't help. But uh, when Elvis showed up here, you know, in 1954, those periods kind of overlapped, and we've heard stories about Elvis nosing around over there trying to hear the old blues player so mm. that, that's just a rumor i it, can't it, prove it that probably, it probably occurred it there's probably there's there's so much history that's factual that we know and that the history that we're kind of inferring uh but all together it paints a pretty pretty amazing picture okay. one, one more thing i want to mention about the calanthian before we move on we know for a fact that louis armstrong and count basie and others performed in shreveport during that time really what we don't know is whether they ever found their way up to the calanthian but again I like to imagine that if I was in town, I think, and I was Louis Armstrong, and I was a young man in my twenties, yeah, that I might end up at the hopping, hopping, happening spot, you know, up on the roof before it's all said and done. Again, I can't prove that, but it just adds to the lore. That's a pretty, pretty, um, pretty significant rumor that probably probably was valid. Yeah. So your 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 passion, of course, is with this report municipal auditorium, right? Yeah. Well, this is kind of what ties it all together. Um, When I sell what's going on in our music history i want people to understand the way everything overlapped you know the, um elvis shows up and he's singing basically rock and roll before they had a word for rock and roll if you listen to the original recordings mm-hmm. of the first night elvis was there uh 
they refer to what he was playing as something new in the folk music field. They did they didn't it wasn't even rock and roll yet. And so Elvis comes out of Memphis. Well they say that um uh R and B had a baby and it was called rock and roll. Oh. Thing. Uh and and so you can only think well Elvis came out of Memphis. He was hearing the R and B music and it comes down here, he's hearing the blues music. And on top of all that, not to get all out of order here, but he was hearing early Hank Williams before Elvis came here. There's this great overlapping of musical influences and genres. And I think part of that has a lot to do with the geography of where Shreveport's at. You've got the Delta blues, you've got the R&B, you've got the country. And that all overlapped and came to this kind of momentous moment at the Hayride where all of those sounds collided. Mm. Um, in fact, HBO did a great documentary about Elvis Presley and they describe rock and roll as this collision and that collision was noticeable very early on at the hayride hank williams was the first big star and he he brought this you know at that time it was a hillbilly sound mm-hmm. country music wasn't really a term so he's hillbilly and he became this within his few years here huge star True. i mean out, around the world he became a huge star ended up going up to the opry and got kicked off of there and came back to the hayride right before he died. And so he kind of set the stage. He, he was what I call the first rock and roll star. That's my term. And people always kind of laugh. And I said, well, you know, Hank Williams is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, how is he in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? He said he was, he was setting the stage, so to speak, for Elvis Presley. And everybody says, well, what does that have to do with Shreveport? I said, it all happened here. here. Now, Shreveport can't lay claim to the birth of rock and roll because it happened in multiple places in various ways. But nobody can argue that we didn't play a pivotal role in the birth of rock and roll. And it starts at the, at the municipal auditorium. And, of course, it started with, with Hank Williams initially and then coming back, correct? Yeah. Well, Hank, what happened to Hank was he, he blew up. He became huge, and I, I've had people that were on my tours at the Municipal Auditorium that were there. They saw Hank play, and they made a game out of seeing how many encores they could get out of him. Hmm. Five, six, seven encores. And he would come back and sing Love Sick Blues, you know, seven <laughs> times. <laughs> and and he became so popular, that, and this is why it was called the Cradle of the Stars. It would launch these people into the stratosphere of success. And Hank, as everybody knows, he had some problems. He had um, major back problems. He broke his back and he fell off a horse. That didn't help. And so he would uh, he would drink to kind of help with that. And he was on medicine. And he got kicked off the Opry. And he came home, so to speak, to the hayride. And it wasn't but a few months later that he died. Died. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so let's uh, we could talk many many hours about Elvis Presley, but give give us some of your your interesting points about Elvis. Yeah, well, quickly, I mean, Elvis. He, I like to point out on my tours that when Elvis came to Shreveport, he wasn't famous. It's hard to imagine Elvis that wasn't famous, <laughs> but when he showed up here, he wasn't famous. He was a kid. He was nineteen years old, and they'd been playing his new song "That's All Right, Mama" mm-hmm. up in Memphis, but it wasn't getting traction you know all over all over and so when he showed up here there's a lot of great stories about how he was a nobody 
Somebody told me that he had changed in his car one time at the municipal auditorium because they were they ran out of dressing rooms. <laughs> so he, you know he was the new kid on the block. He had to go to change, the change car, in the yeah. car. So it, we hold claim to a very important part of Elvis's journey musically, and that's his formative years. Not he's he's not in Memphis anymore, and he's not famous. He's kind of in this in between, where he's just starting to establish his style, his charisma, and his looks, and his his entertainment qualities that he's became known for. That happened in a short window here, and there's so many great stories. Like just the other day was the anniversary. He got arrested. I don't know if you heard about this. Yeah. Uh, flying down the highway out there in his Cadillac, and he was going 80 miles an hour, and spent a night in the Caddo Jail. But somebody said, well, was that where Jailhouse Rock came from? I said, I don't know. Yeah, good, <laughs> good point right there. Yes, so I, I saw that, that. That's the thing about Elvis. You know, the Elvis that we all know and love was later. But we, we stick a claim to a very specific part of his life. That, and he was here every Saturday. He signed a, a contract to play in the Hayride every Saturday from 54 to 55. And then and in 56, he ended up going on to to bigger and better things. So th- he was here a lot. But when you, wouldn't you say, in your opinion, that this was his start but also helped him get oh, yes. popular, move yes, on to get exponentially? Well, if you take a tour of the municipal and you stand on that stage, you see that, well, there's 3,000 people in here listening. And then just like we are on the radio, you can't imagine how many mm-hmm. others were listening. And it was, it was because of the Louisiana Hayride that for a large swath of the country, Elvis became a household name. And so that, yeah, we can absolutely lay claim to to, to planting that seed. In the and there were culture. very few venues that had the Louisiana Hayride broadcast upon radio stations. It was early on. It was just broadcast yeah. out of Shreveport. And then later the CBS uh, radio picked it up okay. and broadcast it even further. Wow. So uh, I don't know if the CBS thing overlapped with Elvis's time. But definitely, at least in the, as far as those AM ways would bounce, Elvis became a household name. Uh, and and you also discussed about Jimi Hendrix, right? Yes. Well, uh, this is interesting. Jimi Hendrix was only here for one brief performance. One performance. One performance. I, I remember you mentioned that. Yeah. Just and, and, and if you want, we can get into that in the next segment because it's it's a pretty lengthy story. But I, I point out the evolution of American music that's highlighted on that stage of the municipal because you had Hank Williams, the first rock and roll star before mm-hmm. there was rock and roll. Then Elvis came along. And and with and by night so that that was in uh, late forties and the fifties and by nineteen sixty eight Jimi Hendrix was playing on that stage, so it's such a brief period of time we see almost the entire evolution of American rock and major roll. change yeah so but I got more about Jimi Hendrix we can tell you after the break and, sure. and Corp, you gonna you want to talk a little bit we got about a minute or so here sure segment what about James my my friend yeah James Burton well he so he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right and so he's definitely on the uh, the Mount Rushmore of Shreveport music. <laughs> and he got his start on the Hayride. A young kid. I want to say he was like 15 or something like that. And and he's laying down guitar riffs for Susie Q. And he's he's kind of influencing rock and roll as a whole as a young kid. I can't even imagine, imagine that. Yeah. 15. Yeah. And, and if you look at J- James Burton went on to perform and record with everybody. He deserves his own music. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna run out of room for all these museums we need. Wow! He's, wow! It's a, yeah, he uh, he yeah he's he's pretty incredible. And you hear stories if you talk to his wife uh, Louise, she will tell you some really amazing things about the way he influenced other artists who went on to great success. 
We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now, work from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A Bears Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A Bears Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Mr. Winston Hall, local musician, but also a music historian, and he has been documenting and presenting about the wonderful history of the music musicians from the Shreveport and Bossier City area and how they have influenced music throughout the world. So thank you, Winston, for yes. joining us. Man, I'm so glad to be here. This has been fascinating. We just touched on it, as, as I mentioned earlier in this segment, this this presentation could last eight to ten hours. But yes. we're, we're covering little, the yeah. little, little pearls of wisdom here. But I thought when you told me about this Jimi Hendrix uh, Shreveport guitar strap, tell yeah. our listeners well, about that briefly about that. Quickly, uh, Jimi Hendrix performed at the Municipal Auditorium in uh, 1968. And uh, uh, I want to add a comment to this one. I was there. You were there. I was there. I wish I kept the ticket and the poster. Okay. I had the poster and I had the ticket, but I think I threw it away. But I well, was at that concert. There were a lot of people that remember that concert, and they were taking black and white photos. And there was a gentleman that I met who had talked his way in. He didn't have a ticket. And he was right in the front taking Kodachrome color photos. Wow. And he took the photos... And he had 15 photos he developed, and he put them in a box and forgot about them. And 40 years later, 40 Jeez. years later, he found the color photos. And he's like, oh, I'll put these on eBay and sell them. And within days, he was contacted by the Jimi Hendrix legal team. Oh. And they said, where did you get those photos? And he said, well, I took them in Shreveport in 1968. Well, come to find out, they were the only color photos from that concert, but also of a Fender guitar, a custom Fender guitar that Jimi Hendrix played that night. Mm-hmm. Well, a few days later, that guitar got stolen. Really? Down in South Louisiana. And so so to their knowledge, all these years later, they didn't think there was a color photo of it. And all of a sudden, this photo pops up on eBay. And so Mr. Davenport sold the, uh, rights, the to rights to the photo. And the photo got reproduced everywhere. And a company, a guitar accessory, Dunlop Guitar Accessories, they produced a guitar strap, a replica guitar strap based on that photo. And you can buy it online. It's called the Shreveport Strap. It's a very popular strap. It's a, yeah. Wow, yeah. And it's, what it's, a story it's, that is. Uh, you know, it's kind of pink and white. And it's it's very cool looking guitar strap. I have one. And so, anyway, all over the world, people are buying this Shreveport strap from that one one performance to me. So I need to go look in my old boxes of black. And, I only had black and white back then, yeah. camera there. I'm yeah. No telling. I might have one of those. Yeah. I do have one of the Beatles, but that was okay. black and white as well. All right. Okay, so the, the story you mentioned about Elton John. Right? Yes, this one is great, and I'm glad we squeezed this story in. The, the, Chris Brown at Centenary turned me on to this story, so I didn't, I didn't uncover it, but there was a... a traveling uh, gospel preacher named Reverend the Elder Utah Smith. And this would have been back in the early early 20th century, early 1900s. And he would he was known for playing a Gibson guitar uh, with an extra long guitar cable so that at his tent revivals, he could wander up and down the aisles playing his Gibson. <laughs> and, and there's uh, uh, he recorded a song called I Got Two Wings. Uh, and 
because he sang this song, he had a custom pair of angel wings made. Whoa. And there's a photo you can look on the internet. It's the craziest thing. Here's this gospel preacher with his Gibson guitar and this huge set of wings. And he that was his kind of his shtick. And so he would uh, he would do these tent revivals and and he'd go around and, and uh, do his thing. And he ended up moving to New Orleans and he died. Uh, but when he was when he died, they buried him right here in Shreveport hmm. at the big cemetery over off of Linwood. And as Chris Brown tells the story, some guys were writing a book about the elder Utah Smith because mm-hmm. he's such a colorful character. And they said, "Can you take a picture of his grave?" And they go over to his grave. Chris does, and it doesn't have a marker. It's oh. an unmarked grave. So Chris pushed this uh, uh, group. They got him. They organized. And funded the purchase of a gravestone for the Reverend Utah Smith. And the neatest thing of all about this was somehow, and I still don't know how, but Bernie Toppin, Elton John's songwriter, mm-hmm. heard this story. And a few years ago, they wrote a song about about the elder Utah Smith. Wow. And it was it was a few years ago, and it's on YouTube. And it's called I Got Two Wings, mm-hmm. Elton John. And the craziest thing is, he mentions Cedar Grove Ooh, in the in song. The yeah. And you see people's jaws hit the floor when they hear Elton John yeah. singing about Cedar Grove. But here's the thing. That's what I said this the all along is, this is international. Our music history is is it's known around the world. I mean, Bernie Toppin is your song and Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that's writing songs about Shreveport and, and one of our musical figures. So uh, it's just... It's just endless, and I, my my desire is that the people of this city come to realize how special and and important our music history is. So, in in that vein, do you feel that we need to have a music museum? Yes, this is what I've been preaching now for a few years. We need a music museum. Every time I do these presentations or do a tour of the municipal auditorium, I'm trying to squeeze days days worth of material into an hour. And my goal, my dream for the city, and we're, we're taking steps, we're getting closer, is when visitors come and they look at our city and they say, what is Shreveport about? The music has to be a huge part of the conversation. And right now, frankly, it's not. So that's my desire. We need a... And we, we have even talked about, talked about some of these, Van Cliburn, Kick Brooks, Kenny Wade Shepard, Blaine, Brian Blade, yeah. all these others, individuals. I mean, it, we didn't even, I didn't mention no. Johnny Cash. So yeah, there's no, so many others. We, we've skipped over Hundreds so much. of them. Yeah. My dream, just succinctly, is we need a world-class facility that people can walk in the door feeling one way and walk out the door with a changed mind about how important this city is and what it means to music. It's as somebody who's kind of dug around in this for years, I, I, I've kind of gotten used to thinking about it. But but people come from out of town, and this is very important. When they come into our city, that right now they can come in and they can leave, and not even see a mention of the music. Our water towers are blank. It's <laughs> it's nowhere pointed out anywhere that this is what happened here, and it's a goal. We're missing an opportunity every time somebody flies through our city. And they're not learning about this. We're we're just missing the boat totally. There are, there's a whole core group of passionate people like me that are on this. But our goal is to make sure that it, you know if you go to Memphis, 
They call it the Memphis model. You ain't getting out of there without hearing some blues, seeing a guitar, and eating mm-hmm. some barbecue. That's right. They've got that down. And so my goal for Shreveport is by the time they pass through, they've at least picked up a, a cursory glance of what's going on with our music history. Well, I definitely advocate that for you. But tell our listeners how can they get involved and how can they participate? How can they help you? Well, right now, the biggest way to help is simply to talk about it. I know this sounds sounds a little I mean, a little vague, but <laughs> we have to start the conversation, which okay. is why I'm here today. It has to be discussed at city council meetings. It has to be discussed at civic groups. And people say, well, how does that help Shreveport? Well, in the last few minutes we have, let me just tell you, music tourism is a big moneymaker. It's an economic gold mine. I wrote an article about this for Shreveport Magazine. People, if people are flying here from England, right, to, mm-hmm. to, to see the municipal auditorium. They stay in hotels. They eat food. There is a whole industry that could be born from this that right now is not. So that might, So if we have people talking about it, uh, businesses getting involved, groups, civic groups, just get this discussion rolling and raise awareness. Uh, I would love to see the city at a civic level do more to promote the music history. Uh, we decorate our street signs and we have billboards, all these kinds of things to raise awareness of the possibilities of honoring our music history. It's and really exciting. It is exciting. And, yeah. it w- w- and I would fathom that this music museum could also have a, uh, have a big stage that some of these uh, many or other past and current musicians yes. perform and have a big gala event that yeah. annually that would be you know I, drawing people from all over the world. We, I would love to see all these things. Music festivals, let me see a Lead Belly Festival. And um, but, but these are these are it's a huge spectrum of people that need to get involved to help make these things happen. The music history is part of our story, without a, without a doubt. And I would love to see the the way we honor it reach that that level of importance. So once I'm gonna, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So okay. I know my listeners out there are involved in various clubs, organizations, etc. and and I will advocate that your little your presentation which can 30 minutes, how can they contact you if they want you to give that little presentation about music history of the Shreveport sure. Georgia city area? Uh, I do have an email. You're welcome to email me. It's winstonian24 that's w i n s t o n i a n 24 at hotmail.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. And Twitter. Oh, you're on all those those social media things. I'm impressed. So, uh, how much time do we have? One minute. Okay, I want want to leave you with this real quick. I'm a full-time musician, and I find my journey here mirrors a lot of these people that we've talked about. They came to Shreveport looking for a future Mm -hmm. and uh, new beginnings, and a lot of these musicians found it here. So, this is intensely personal for me. I sing their songs and I honor them that way, and that puts food on my table, and it puts a roof over my head. <laughs> okay, so this is just, it, this isn't just a little passion on the side that I talk about. This has very, very profound meaning in my life. That, That's that awesome. in honoring these people, we honor ourselves, and we honor what Shreveport has contributed to the world, 
And that's why this message is so incredibly important. Yeah, that is that is a good ending thought there. And, and the positive influence. I mean, I, I love it when there's a positive influence that we have yeah. on, on the world. Hey, so again, onward and upward. We're going to uh, do it. Well, thank you for coming on the show. You were very impressive. Again, uh, do contact him if you have your church group or your uh, social group or your senior group that, that he, he will give his wonderful presentation. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710Q, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A Bears Town and Country Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. I'm Gary Kaligas wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Best of Times on 710 Keel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for The Best of Times. This is News Radio 710 Keel. K-E-E-L. Shreveport Bossier.